You're listening to highlights from the Creative Process interview with Vlad Sohin. To listen to the full interview or hear more about the Creative Process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. It's not about money, as my teacher said. If you want to be rich, go to advertisement. And it's about lifestyle. It's about what you want to achieve, what you want to share with people. And uh, in terms of um, topics I choose, uh, somehow the, these topics choose me. I just happen to be there. I like, for example, I, I moved to Australia um, and then uh, was exploring the neighboring countries. And that's when it was back in 2011. That's where I found uh, my first big projects that I started working on. And one of them was um, gender-based violence in Papua New Guinea, right? So there was, uh, of course I travel far away, but mostly it's like something that is in my neighborhood around me. And that's where I also encountered later on uh, stories uh, that related to climate change. Uh, I was sent to, uh, in 2013 to um, cover uh, deforestation and illegal logging in Papua New Guinea. It was an Australian uh, online media sent me there, the Global Mail. And uh, uh, I did one story, I did another for them. And then I thought, oh, it would be interesting to keep telling these stories and connect the whole region together. And that's how the World War Motors was born. For example, in Alaska, they move in uh, villages. There's a village of Mutok. They relocated the entire village to a new location where they hope that they won't be affected by uh, permafrost towing and coastal erosion. But those new houses they built, they already built them the way that can be slided somewhere else. So that's like they have this in mind that, you know, they could put them on the slides and then move them somewhere else easily. The village of Shishmarev in Alaska as well, they just few years ago, they voted for the entire relocation of the village. And before they spent like millions of dollars of, you know, uh, building like big sea walls, hoping that this would protect them, you know, like it doesn't work. It doesn't work. In, in, in places like, like Tuvalu, for example, um, uh, people also try to immigrate, try to move. Uh, it's not only because of climate change, it's also because of overpopulation, it's because of lack of jobs, many things, but climate change also becoming one of those, uh, yes, important factors. And uh, yeah, they, they moved to New Zealand, Tuvaluans try to move to Niue, another Pacific island that is more protected, it's like big volcanic elevated rock in the middle of the ocean, and they face the other problem of depopulation. There, if they, they people have New Zealand citizenship, so they move to New Zealand and nobody wants to stay there. So it's, a, it's an interesting shifts and migrations we could see in the Pacific. And yes, but many of them now are, are, like, uh, are associated with climate change because especially tiny atolls, those, those people are most affected. I'm sure there are some people who deny climate change. They have different reasons. And, you know, now I think, uh, of course, every Pacific Islander who lives on this front line of climate change, they wouldn't say it doesn't exist. They see it every day. But also they have the understanding that some of the processes are also natural, for example, or, or man-made, which is may kind of uh, make 
effects of climate change more kind of like visible you know they could feel more but it's like in it started it started by men for example in uh, there's some places for example in, in Kiribati where are um, they had an island in the middle of the lagoon and then they start start creating uh, causeways you know building a road between little islets and then the water flow changes and that island disappeared and then people will start saying climate change climate change like see the see the all rise which is not so it's good to uh you know to okay understand this is what we do this is what climate change does right and and how humans involved in that and i'm curious also about your your childhood your upbringing what drew you to your your journey towards photography and why you decided that that would be your lens to tell these stories as opposed to some other way of telling stories or engaging politically uh well first of all uh, i'm trying to stay from the politics like yes. my previous statement right but it, it, i'm speaking generally without like saying names or something yeah i'm yeah. trying I'm I'm trying to stay as as far from the politics as possible. This mm -hmm. is not not my thing. Photography is a natural thing. I'm more a visually, you know, like I, I'm a visual person. I like to to see. I, I I connect through it. You know, I I'm but I'm not those that one of those photographers that always work walk with the camera as well. If I work, I take my camera. If I don't, I like to enjoy life and. Um, Take, take photos with my eyes, they inspire, inspire me, but I do it every day. So for me, it was a natural choice. I just, uh, I just chose this path because I do write as well. And for me, writing is, uh, is also the way, especially if I accompany my story, but it is not that expressive as, uh, as, as visual, you know, as visual uh, storytelling. And in these societies, there are, um you know they they're vastly different some of them but uh from things that we understand whether it's uh rituals or superstitions or um being less uh, inclusive in terms of um gender preference or you know uh, there's a lot of different customs and things that you're navigating but what do you find are some you know universal truths that has ignited your experiences universal truth is probably there is good and bad <laughs> <laughs> that's the universal universal truth uh you know believing in witchcraft for example in some societies they do believe in some they don't believe but in some societies you're a democrat and you're a republican and for those people it's a witchcraft as well so it depends on the point of view we always <coughs> good and bad is a division mm -hmm. and then people are divided they believe that there is like duality that exists that this is this is me and this is other in fact there's no other it's just like we that's that's when i talk about changing the way you think about climate change about yourself there is no other it's not the other country all these primitive people as some call them you know they do believe in this no it's us as well it's a different it's like your leg or like your finger or something but this the humanity is one organism if we understand that there will be way less problems in the world you know and like some some people still on this stage of the development but would you blame let's say your child for trying to walk in and walk a little bit wobbly no you just give it the time 
You know, Papua New Guinea was a very remote country, isolated from the rest of the world. They didn't have, you know, like universities and something. And then recently, suddenly they were introduced to the Western way of life. And we say, is not the be be better or worse the, 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 the way of life that they lived before. It's just the different. So when we introduce it and we introduce very fast, people might not be ready for that. You know, that's it. That's it. We need just to, to understand that. And, and I'm not saying that they were like less developed. It's not that. It's, it's, daily. it's like there's yellow color, there's blue. Why blue is not yellow? Because it's blue. That's it. And that's what, what was with them. It's, they just live differently. And now there's a lot of people try to now reconnect. You know, there's like thinking, ah, what the elders say in, in the United States of America or in Australia. Every new big scene they now call the native people and they ask them, why don't you do a ceremony to call the spirits or something like this? You know, now it's changing. Now they tap into this truth to this, uh, let's say, ancient knowledge that probably people will forget and now the governments would invite these people you know i've been to many festivals in sydney that start from inviting aboriginal people to do a water blessing ceremony or something like that so it becomes part of like the shifting of awareness your way of life is different from ours is not is not worse or better it's just different so let's also like include it in, uh, in the way we live and share and exchange Want to get involved with exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info. Thank you for listening.